the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. Welcome back to This is the Way Seekers, a weekly Star Wars podcast where every week we navigate our way through the Star Wars galaxy. And this week we're talking about the live action and animated Star Wars shows and talking about our ranking. Now that Andor's done and we've done a bunch of episodes about Andor, we want to see where it places in our ranking and also share it with you guys. So it's going to be a super fun episode. My name's Austin, aka Star Wars Editor, and I'm joined by my wonderful two co-hosts, Tom and Chelsea. Tom, how are you doing this week? I'm doing good. I mean, Andor, missing Andor a lot, obviously. But uh, other than that, I'm good. You know, it's getting cold here, leading up to the holiday season. But uh, yes, yes, it's going well. Yeah, I'm super excited. That's finally the holiday season. Uh, can't wait to rewatch the Lego Star Wars holiday special and maybe maybe the actual holiday special. But who knows? <laughs> Chelsea, how are you doing this week? I'm good. Like Tom, I'm also missing Andor. Like I'm just staying up late on in the middle of the week for no reason because my sleep schedule got adjusted, but we're we're fixing that. Um and yeah, it is the holiday season. It's crazy busy, I feel like for everyone, so it's going to be nice to carve out some time and sit down and talk Star Wars and probably cause some arguments with my rankings, but I'm <laughs> super excited. Yes. Well, speaking of arguments, one thing that we've been missing with the Andor episodes is our weekly segments. So we're finally bringing them back our hot like Mustafar hot takes the beginning and then also the cast electric in the end. So Chelsea, to start an argument, how about you bring up your hot like Mustafar this week? Yeah. So my hot take this week is that I really hate this one specific style of Grogu merch. It's like this sort of animated, but it's pretty much like all you see in Target. And it's beyond frustrating. If you're listening, you won't be able to see. But if you're watching us on YouTube, you'll see that I'm a big fan of the kind of more realistic Grogu depiction. And I am a collector of Grogu. Minus the giant Squishmallow, but all Squishmallows look like that. Okay, so that I'm not right. I'm not a hypocrite. But it's just frustrating because every time I go to Target and go in the Star Wars aisle to maybe find some like Black Series figures or Funkos or whatever else, all it is is Grogu, which, hey, listen, I'm totally fine with Grogu capitalism. Like I give me I will eat that shit up. I literally have Grogu bed sheets here at my mom's. Right. Like so I'm not saying if you love Grogu, I just don't like that specific style. Because then that's on the pillows and all of the blankets. And it's like that one, like it's, and it's just not as cute as like actual Grogu. Like they tried so hard to make something that was already so cute, even cuter. And he just has no features. He's just round (laughs) eyes and a face. And it's very irrational, but it bothers me so much. And if you love it, good for you. But can you buy all of it up so they can put other shit on the shelves? Please. (laughs) No, valid. Like, I'm seeing the design that you're talking about. It's just very cartoonish, and which is cool for some stuff. But you're right. It's literally on everything. I feel like they base everything off that style of Grogu. And perhaps it's because, like, the Funko Pop is really popular. I think that's, like, 
probably this got to be their most popular character by now. I mean, Funko has made like a hundred Grogu pops. The Macy's Day Parade or Thanksgiving Day Parade had like yeah, Grogu balloon. kind of Grogu, which like yeah. listen, for the Funkos, I understand. Again, it's like stylized and all of the characters but it's just like why does that have to be on every single thing like right. the, especially like hot topic if you want to buy mando it, just mandalorian merch in general from hot topic there's like nothing of din or it's like their online merch of hot topic it's like made to order and it's literally the worst quality if you're buying clothes from hot topic you have to get it in store because the shit they send you from online is awful i've had my own experiences as a psa i'm trying to save those listening but again on hot topic like everything is that stylized grogu and i'm like why like i understand stuff geared for children i'm not trying to like shit on children right because like obviously we love animated stuff in this household but just mm -hmm. like please free me from that specific style grogu merch i am begging yeah yeah i want the realistic I mean, I can't really think of any other characters they really do it with. Like, I could, maybe they did it with like BB-8, but like even then, there was still plenty of like realistic BB-8 merch, right? Because I know, like, I I generally can't think like maybe like some of the Nightmare Before Christmas stuff I've seen is similar, where they like kind of make it like brighter and like cartoonier, but mm -hmm. like it's a lot. It's mostly just Grogu, which is kind of weird. Now yeah. I think about it, like I've never really thought about it much. Because, like, it's most like, I mean, we don't have as much Grogu merch here. I mean, it's mm -hmm. not really a thing. It's like, I think we just have smaller stores here. So there's less dedicated areas for that kind of merch. Right. But you definitely see it. Like, yeah. it's mostly just pencil cases and stuff, though. But yeah, it's, I've not, I've not thought about it, but you bring up a good point. Yeah. It's, it's very cartoonish. And, um, I, I like the realistic Grogu, the, you know, hair on top. He looks a little old, but, you know, he's, he's so cute and it's just a little baby. Uh, why, why make something that's so cute? Try to make it more cute by making it cartoonish, you know? Like, I, I 100% right. agree. I think it's good, like Chelsea said, for the Funko Pops, but it's like now everything's based off of the Funko Pops. So, very interesting point now we all sound like we're complaining about issues that do not matter but <laughs> <laughs> no but today we're talking about our ranking of the star wars tv shows we've all prepared a list and we're all ready to make fun of each other or agree with each other you know if you know hell freezes over or something like that but uh i'm super excited to talk about it so the order we're gonna do it in is chelsea's gonna go first then tom then myself we'll all share our list separately kind of give our reasonings and the other two will react to that person's ranking. So, Chelsea, why don't you take it away with your ranking? Yeah. Should we start um, top to bottom or bottom to top? I was thinking I have my notes organized as bottom to top. Because I okay. figured... It's the worst to yeah. best. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I okay. want to preface that this is entirely my own opinion. And the metric with which I rank things has less to do, like the quality and like content of the show does come into play because that's part of my notes. But also a lot of this is just like my heart feeling about it. And like, how often do I feel drawn to rewatch that? How drawn am I to the characters? Do I care? Less so, you know, like filmmaker Tom, who will rank by whatever his metric <laughs> is that he chose to rank Rogue One so low. So... That being said, I will start and probably piss both of y'all off. But I have, as my 11th place, I have Visions. I knew it. Damn. When you said it was going to be controversial, I was like, it's Visions, isn't it? 
listen, it was it Not was happy. really cool and I enjoyed it. But I haven't watched it since it released, and I don't feel a particular draw to watch it again. I think, uh, you know, I think it's something that maybe is easier for people who really like anime to get into it. And I do appreciate the fact that we did get to see so many different stories and so many different styles. And I also liked that we were kind of free from like the constraints of canon for a little bit where we weren't worried about like every single book or comic getting retconned. It was nice to just like enjoy it for it was for what it was for sure. It's amazing, but it's just not it's just not my Star Wars of all mm-hmm. the ones we're discussing today. So for that reason, it's it's at 11th. Yeah, I mean, I I love visions for, you know, like the whole series i i love it as a whole but i think it is harder for people to get into just because they are short episodes and they don't connect with anything else so you kind of have to fall in love with something within 10 minutes personally i fell in love with a lot of stuff in 10 minutes but i completely understand um if people can't especially like you said if you're not like an anime fan i could see why it wouldn't be as appealing so as much as I disagree with you, I guess I respect I respect your decision to put it at, in last. <laughs> and listen, like, again, there were elements and characters I really loved, but I felt like I got enough of them from the shorts, which I think is a testament to that the studios did what they set out to do. Like, these are small contained shorts and like, like, T.O.B. one loved that guy. Would love to see him again, but I feel like I already know most of his story and I saw it. So I feel like I don't like I, you know, so again, there are elements I enjoy, but it's just, again, I honestly forget it exists and that sounds harsh, but like when I'm talking about like Star Wars and stuff, Visions is like the last thing that comes to mind. And so it's last on my list. But again, I'm not saying that it's like bad. I think it is. It's incredible. It's just not my cup of tea. Tom's like seething. (laughs) I'm seething at the mouth. I'm like. But I understand, like, your metrics for ranking it. Like, it's fair enough. I, I I did forget a Star Wars show when we were talking about the shows we were doing. So I had to quickly yeah. add that into my ranking. Um, but that one came out much more recently. <laughs> so um, yeah. we'll get to that later. Everybody has their one, you know? Exactly. Yeah, I didn't forget one. But, you know, it's okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Uh, so what's next on your list? So number 10 is Tales of the Jedi. Um... Listen, animation, beautiful. Getting more Dooku content, really cool. At the expense of already supposedly canon work, not cool. Retconning and removing a queer character of color, very not cool from, you know, from the Ahsoka novel. Um, I just, you know, it was it was like, oh, this is cool. But again, watch it through once. Have no inclination to go back and rewatch it. I didn't necessarily feel like i learned anything new about these characters which i think you can do expanded content on already existing characters with full stories while still adding something and i just like i know i didn't feel that but looked beautiful i'll i'll give her that yeah so yeah (laughs) hey yeah i don't have any disagreements there really i i can't actually can't remember if it's higher on my list or not but uh yeah i I, I think we can all agree that the taking out a character, like Chelsea said, a queer character of color and replacing it with a white passing character at the very least, not not so cool. And I think that that really ruins the series for 
uh, us at least, and I know a lot of people that I, I see yeah. online and discuss with. So, no, oh, yeah, I totally agree. Like the only positive thing I can really give it, like again, I have no desire to really rewatch it. This this is the show I forgot about. <laughs> it's like the most recent one we've got, but um, yeah, like I don't. Well, I'll talk about it more in depth, but I agree with what you say. So, period. Yeah. Period. Okay, great. After a rocky start. (laughs) Um, All right. So ninth place, I have Book of Boba Fett. This show, like, really, like, let me down because the first three episodes where it's really focused on, like, Boba's journey with the Tuscans and everything, I felt like that had so much promise. And, like, we were constantly talking. I was fighting for my life in Book of Boba Fett Club, defending the mod gang, talking about what they represent, talking about all of this stuff. And they were such a cool addition to, like, Star Wars and Tatooine and the humanization of the Tuscans, all of that. Amazing. And then it just falls fucking flat on its face for the purpose of Luke Skywalker. Removing any media literacy I have and just looking at this with, like, as a fan with just my heart and no brain, seeing Luke amazing seeing ahsoka cool seeing grogu and din together again hell fucking yeah but what the fuck does that have to do with boba fett like right like it it doesn't so i don't know and also the show looked kind of wonky at times i feel like this was maybe the first time we could kind of see the cracks in the volume because it always looks pretty good in mando but in this it kind of was just like huh and like fennec was just like pretty much not even in it I don't know. I, it, it makes me sad because I feel like this would have been, could have been something cool if they kept going the direction that the first three episodes were, but yeah. alas, I was I was disappointed. <laughs> yeah. I agree with you wholeheartedly that the series was so promising. I think, like, what killed it for me was when they killed the Tuscans because I was like, wow, like this because I started to think like, wow, this has kind of like an Andor situation where I was like, this is kind of deep. We're going to see, you know, a story about reclaiming like land, like the Tuscans, these characters who have kind of, you know, been hated on. They're based off of minority people, you know, and I thought that this was going to be a story about indigenous people reclaiming their land. And then they just killed off the Tuscans and then it was like, mando theme started playing and it was time to get into that i think that there was like the slave one episode and then um that last final scene where the mandalorian theme starts playing downhill but the thing was is that i really do think that if that episode the bryce dallas howard episode in book of boba fett where it's all mandalorian if that was mandalorian like episode one of season three probably be one of my favorite literally and like i don't know like i just i just don't understand why they called it book of boba fett like if they had called it something different and then the show progressed as it did it probably the timing of it would have still felt a little wonky still but i feel like they kind of put themselves in a box when you were saying this is going to be a character study of boba fett and then it's just not like Mm -hmm. obviously people are going to be disappointed and think it's not good because mm-hmm. if they found some title or some way to make it to to at least from the get let the audience know that like oh this story is gonna encompass a lot of things but centers on boba fett at least like 60 percent of the time <laughs> then maybe yeah. i wouldn't be disappointed but yeah that yeah oh god yeah like it's interesting as well because i think it was like this week or last week i can't remember if it was john or lawrence kasdan said that 
they would like to see like the Marvel like one shot presentations kind of brought into Star Wars. Those first three episodes would have made a great one shot. No. Like, and that's how you could have fixed the problem. Like, if you don't want to make a whole Boba Fett show, don't make, make a, a whole Boba Fett show. <laughs> make it a special. Like, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I could, I could definitely see that being the case. And I also just, I mean, I'll get into it when I talk about it too. But just like Chelsea said, the show is barely about Boba Fett. And I think what sucks the most is just how much I loved Boba Fett in the Mandalorian. So I was so excited for this show because I mean, Boba Fett's always been like a background character, you know? So seeing him the way he was in the Mandalorian, where it was like, kind of like, we know he's a bad guy. Like if you read the comics, you know that he's not, you know, the greatest guy in the world, but seeing him have like a heart, and perhaps go on this journey of redemption i was so excited for book of boba fett like chelsea said the the first three episodes damn near perfect so man yeah i have a few other reasons i don't like it but i'll talk about that when i get to it so back to your ranking (laughs) chelsea all right number eight i have the bad batch um there's just quite a few problems with this I mean, again, animation ignoring the whitewashing of characters who are not supposed to be white. Animation is stunning. Um, mm-hmm. It's really, really beautiful. Um, but it, it just became cameo of the week. I will say, since most of the cameos were Rebels related, I was kind of eating that up. I don't care. I was like, oh, God, the whole thing with Kane in the comics. Listen, I didn't even I was just so distraught over seeing I when I heard the planet name, which is escaping me right now where it happens. And I recognize from the comics. And then I heard Caleb's voice. I just was instantly in tears because I was like, they're not going to make me watch this. But like my knowledge of how it was different than the comic events, like was just not in my brain. It just wasn't. Um and seeing young Hera was cool but again it just was like this is so it felt like very monster of the week throw in characters we know Mm -hmm. um a lot of most of the bad batch aside from hunter and wrecker had no character progression um so it was hard for me to really care about the stakes of everything aside from just knowing that it's like related to characters we already know in clone wars and rebels and stuff like that but um yeah, it just, you know, wasn't the worst, but definitely was not something that I haven't gone back to. I'm hesitant to say I'm kind of into like excitedly anticipating the next season because I feel like, again, aside from like the whitewashing shit, which they have not fucking how hard is it? OK, you know, that's a whole different conversation. We're not going to we're not going to get into that here. We're going to I'm going to keep moving. But. I'm hopeful, at least based off the trailer, that there's going to at least seems like there's going to be a more um, overarching like plot that like, yeah, they may still may still go on like mission of the week. But like, it's very clear where the story is going now. And I, I hope that the other members of the Bad Batch get to be more fully fleshed out again without relying on tons of cameos or even like the cameos that make sense. Right. Because like. Palpatine being in a show that's about like rogue clones when this is probably the time where he's like cloning himself and doing all of that. That makes sense, right? Mm-hmm. But like why was hair in the bad batch? <laughs> like <laughs> I loved it. I loved it. But like why, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah. that's how I feel about that. Number eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. I I 
think that Bad Batch will go on the same trend that a lot of the other shows have, at least the animated shows, where first season it's you know they're they're kind of setting things up laying down the foundation but then like season two and onward it'll be really good so i have high hopes that one day i'll look back on season one and be like oh my god like this was actually brilliant i can't believe i slept on this same way that i kind of did with like rebels at first i know it horrible for for me to admit that at first i was like eh, you know i was never a hater like that like back in my day everybody was a rebels fucking hater but i you know i i didn't hate it as much but it was just like eh, and then it got better so i'm really hoping that the bad batch will get better we saw the season two trailer today what do you guys think of that the highlight for me is the end bit where they say parents the bad batch that's (laughs) really funny but no like i did say like it looks like an improvement to the first Mm -hmm. one uh, season so i'm cautiously optimistic um i'm looking forward to seeing it but yeah my expectations are pretty even yeah i feel that what do you think of the trailer chelsea yeah i mean i don't think i've i'd see or i may have seen it when it was like released of bits and pieces i can't remember with every i almost called it comic-con celebration it's all mushed together in my brain of which trailers that i watch on like a screen that's like half off or which should i just see announcements from but it was cool seeing oh my god his name is escaping me Gungie. yeah it was so cool seeing him. i was like oh my god um <laughs> What was I just saying about cameos? But again, I feel like that's one that makes sense where it's the progression that they are probably going to help people also on the run. And that's a Jedi that makes sense. He's not super well known, but is like, you know, Mm -hmm. can be a part of it. Um, Yeah, I mean, like I said, based off the trailer, I think it looks like there's going to be a more coherent plot line, which I think makes me Mm -hmm. excited, which I guess we had the one last season of like getting crosshair, but it just it got very muddled by everything else. Um, yeah. So I guess I'm look again, it's not one where I'm going to be staying up late Tuesday nights to watch it. I'll watch it whenever I'm up or when I'm eating lunch or anything like that. Um, but I think it'll, you know, I'm going to try and go in like without any expectations, good or bad. So hopefully mm-hmm. I'll be pleasantly surprised. Yeah. I think that is a good way to go into a lot of star Wars things. So, Period. I'm going I'm to follow your lead with that. <laughs> Slay. <laughs> Period. Okay, well, my number seven is Forces of Destiny. So now we're getting to, like, the ones. Like, those are all ones where I can find things I like in each of them, but they're not ones that whatever versus, like, it's funny to say my top seven rather than, like, top five, but the top seven for me are, like, the ones that I'm like, okay, yeah, these are, like, these are my, my shit so. right here. Right. <laughs> Okay, so Forces of Destiny. We talked at length about this on our one episode with Michelle, which was so much fun. But the animation style, I just love it. Like, I just love how colorful it is. And there are just so many cute crossover moments that we wouldn't have got otherwise. So, yeah, I don't want to harp on it too much because, again, I feel like I've talked my guts out about this before. But really, it's just a fun show. All around a good watch. A very quick watch. You can binge it, all of them in an hour, right? Or if you just need to... (laughs) Put on something like quick while I don't know. Like sometimes I like need, you know, I'm a what do they call them? Like tablet iPad kids where I've never had an <laughs> iPad, but I'm like, I have to be watching YouTube or something when I sit down to eat. 
mm-hmm. these are nice ones to pop on if like you don't want to sit down and commit to like a full show you can pretty easily find a stopping point to be like all right i'll come back next meal or for dessert mm-hmm. or whatever you know so yeah. i just like how accessible it is yeah and i think forces of destiny has the privilege of bringing back so many characters that we all love you know it's very like rebels focused and you see sequel characters and then like crossovers with rogue one and solo so yeah it's severely underrated and if you haven't yet go watch our episode or listen to our episode all about forces of destiny we talked about it for nearly three hours so (laughs) yeah we uh love forces of destiny here Yes, we do. Slay. All right. My number six is Kenobi. Listen, there are a lot of things that could have been better about this show in terms of production, maybe plot. But you know what? I I loved it. I'll I'll be a shill. The nostalgia just won for me. It did. Getting to see Ian McGregor back, getting to see Hayden Christensen back. They both put on amazing performances. Not to mention introduction of really cool characters like Reva. Moses Ingram was phenomenal. Loved seeing little Leia. Just so fucking cute. And like, mm, yeah, the Inquisitor looks like Humpty Dumpty. But, you know, <laughs> it's... <laughs> I still, there was a lot I really loved about this show. And again, is it the best thematically or story-wise, content-wise? Absolutely not. But do I love it with my whole heart? Yeah. So I have Kenobi at six. Yeah, I can appreciate that. I Kenobi was an interesting ride. And I, I seriously think that for me, if the production quality was just a bit higher, like if it just looked better i feel like i could love the series a lot more i don't know if that's fucked up to say because i do love the story and all that but it's just the way it's executed i don't it just feels wrong to me as someone who watched like the hype for this kenobi project build for so long ever since i joined the instagram community or just the star wars community in general when disney bought star wars it was kenobi 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 like anything with kenobi with ian mcgregor please it really should have been like the their biggest focus so it's, it's disappointing to see that but like chelsea said there's a lot to love about obi-wan kenobi yeah i mean i agree with a lot of what you just said like and with what Austin said, like the production quality could have been a lot better. That really would have saved it, I think, and moved it up a few notches on. I'm assuming most of our lists. Like it, I think it did drag it down a bit. Like it wasn't always awful. Like, and I I budge to say like awful. Like it wasn't terrible. It just wasn't as good as it could have been. For sure. For sure. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely agree with that. But you know. It's my it's like the glup shit of bad shows. Yeah. It's not it's not I don't think it's a bad show, but I think it's like people e- either like really love it or really hate it and I feel like I'm kind of in the middle leaning towards love it cuz like, you know, certain shows when I care that much about the character, I can look past some of the that stuff, but like Book of Boba yeah. Fett where it's like I didn't really care about Boba Fett before that. So that that plus not intriguing story plus it looked kind of bad i was like why should i care about this versus this right. i already had that emotional buy-in so it's easier for me and i admit that wholeheartedly yeah. so i know i may sound a little hypocritical but i know it and that's no, like, okay <laughs> yeah i have like a similar relationship with the rise of skywalker like i love the sequel characters so much yeah some of them got did dirty but like i just love seeing them together 
So that really brings that up on my film ranking. But we're talking mm. about TV. So yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I feel that I feel that wholeheartedly sometimes. I just love a character or something part of a show so much that I'm like, I don't care. This is this is great. I'ma just love it. So <laughs> yes. All right. All right. My number five, I have the Clone Wars. So about like halfway in my ranking. Um it's fantastic for many reasons, and I definitely have that kind of emotional buy-in, but it's just not one I really return to super often. I feel like I really got to be in the mood. I got to be like, it is time to fucking watch Clone Wars, and then I'm like in it, you know? But I don't find myself in that mood very often, but it, it's incredible for what it has set up and what it has done for the Star Wars universe. Obviously, the movie in there is where we get Ahsoka from, who is just a phenomenal character who I love very deeply. So yeah, I feel like I don't have much to say about it other than like what I've already said about like, it's, it's, it's kind of like a sleeper, a sleeper favorite show where it just Mm -hmm. like, it'll come out of nowhere. That's all I watch for like a week straight. And then I like, don't think about it again for like a few months. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. I think a lot of it as well is just due to like the length of it. Like, I'm not going to sit down and watch part of a show. I'm going to have to watch the whole show. Mm-hmm. And so I'd much rather like watch Rebels or something where it's like more confined than like the Clone Wars, which is like seven seasons. And then also kind of like you feel like you have to watch the Bad Batch as well, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. It's a lot of Clone Wars. And it's a bit daunting at times, I think. Yeah. And it's harder to follow. Like even the chronological order is kind of it's hard to follow the the whole series so yeah i have i feel like i'm gonna have too many hot takes with clone wars so i'll save what i have to say <laughs> for when i give my ranking but um yeah i i agree with a lot of what you guys said but also disagree a little bit <laughs> okay well okay. we will wait and see <laughs> i know it's not what sucks about going first is like y'all want to argue but you're like well i have to save my arguments for when i'm speaking so like, i'm just like mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I won't. I feel. I won't be able to feel like I can defend myself later, but <laughs> I will. Just be wait. Yes. Anyway, um. So number four, I have resistance. This show, there's just a way for me to describe it. It's just it's friend shaped, like it's just yeah. so wholesome. And I don't. Again, it's not one I revisit super often, but it's a really quick watch, so I really should revisit it more. Um, I just, I personally love that animation style. Everyone who shits on it, I'm calling y'all, y'all are clowns. Like, I know you love the Clone Wars style animation, but then you also shit on Rebels, which now people after the fact are like, it's not that bad. People are probably going to feel the same way about this. It's just like, just because something is different doesn't mean it's bad. I need Star Wars fans in general to remember that, because I feel like that's a very common theme whenever, like, we have these larger arguments in fandom about like why this show's bad and this show's good. Usually the good show is something that's like the first of its whatever, right? Where it's like, oh, the sequels are trash. The originals did it better. I was like, the sequels are a little different. That doesn't mean, well, certain sequels, I think you could argue, (laughs) but like, or, or like the last Jedi is a good example where it's like, it's not bad. It's just different than from what you expected or wanted, but Mm -hmm. that doesn't make it a bad movie or bad story. Or so again, in animation style or show style, right? Just because it's not what you're used to or you don't like it doesn't mean it's inherently bad. 
And yeah. so for that reason, I feel very protective of this show because people like constantly shit on it, which again, like it was made for children. Anyone of any age can enjoy it as is most things as are most things made for children in star Wars. But like the way in which people like I've seen on social media, like harass this poor show when people like the two people on instagram who post like resistance fan art like like leave us be let us be happy <laughs> like i right. just don't um uh, but anyway i just think it's a really good watch if you haven't seen it i highly recommend it it's not a huge commitment it's two seasons got cut short it does tie uh -huh. in nicely with the sequels and i think it's refreshing to have a show that doesn't center on jedi or force users i mean that's another reason i think a lot of us really loved andor mm -hmm. um but yeah there's i just think there's so much to love about the show so i have it at number four yeah i definitely yeah. agree i think the art style is brilliant and you bring up andor which i think is very interesting is when i think of like what shows are the most like Andor? I think Resistance is the best comparison to Andor, which is funny because I feel like they're on both sides of the spectrum for like their target audience. But I, I think that I really love when a Star Wars series like Andor and Resistance shows you everyday folks and how like the Empire or the First Order or just like a tyrant government or organization or whatever, the way it oppresses like everyday people and seeing the way it affects them and how everyday people fight back like the Colossus crew. And I, I love it. I, I love it so much. So and, and it's the first Star Wars show that gave us queer representation. So yes. I mean, I, if you want to count Rebels with Callus and Zeb, but it was never confirmed. <laughs> Resistance no. was the first confirmed couples on screen. So yeah, period. <laughs> they even go and visit the in-laws. I remember. And like, it also just like you said, Austin represents really well, like what it's like for everyday people, but it also has themes of like redemption, which is like, if you had to pick one big overarching theme for the entirety of star Wars, personally i would say it's redemption and you still get that in the show in a way that's digestible for young kids but also important for grown-ups to hear and mm -hmm. oh it's just done so beautifully yeah wholeheartedly agree wholeheartedly yeah. i was just thinking as well like there's a lot of comparisons between andor and resistance like they're both two season shows that were cut short with themes of redemption and standing up against tyranny like it's because they both you like you said they're like so tonally different but it's wild how many similarities they have no. um yeah they both are the only star wars series that don't deal they, they don't have a lightsaber this is the only star wars both have queer representation much, like on screen those are the only two things that don't have a lightsaber in their yeah. entire run so Shout out to Andor and shout out to Resistance. <laughs> um, hey. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Oh, I'm going to start rewatching it tonight. I've inspired myself to do so. I need to. <laughs> I'm like getting to really. I've been rewatching Doctor Who and I've been like on a really intense part and I need to pause and take a break. So I'm going to take yeah. a nice Resistance break. I'm actually anyway. surprised that Resistance wasn't higher on your list. I thought it'd be like number one or two. Well, not number one because I think I know what your one is, but I thought it'd be like second. So. 
surprised. Yeah, it was just it was this this was really hard for me, but there were just certain things where it's I again when I think about my rankings, I'm like, how many times have I gone back and watched this show? Like that sort of thing. And so mm -hmm. my number three, which is Mando, I have rewatched more than I have resistance. So right. that's I feel like the only reason it kind of edged out. And also I just love Din so much. And yeah it's i the first season oh my god what a time i wasn't really in the star wars fandom but i remember uh, my sister and i hi ariel i don't think she watches it but if for some reason hey um but she she lives in a different state than me and we would hop on like a, a facetime or video call and this was before they had the group play option on disney plus so we would do the three, two, one play. And because we're in different states, we would constantly pause and like whatever. And we watched all the episodes together. So that was really special for me. And it that at the time, that was so brand new for Star Wars. I was like, this is completely separate from everything. Crazy. And obviously now things are <laughs> being more interconnected and brought in. But I still think I really enjoyed the second season. I just listen. Again, Star Wars, a lot of it lately is like, adoptive father or a ki uh, guy becomes adopted father begrudgingly to a young child and they it, it ends up being a really good relationship right but i just like like i said before i'm a sucker for grogu even though i don't like the animated merch i i really love grogu <laughs> i yes. love din and you know i just think it was a really cool show i remember being completely shocked by luke skywalker and I think at the time, I remember I was watching that in my in my kitchen in the second season. I literally stood up from my chair and was like, no fucking way. And, like <laughs> walked to be so close to the TV because I just couldn't believe my eyes. And I think because of the adrenaline, I wasn't focused on how how Luke looked. I was just like, whoa. Yeah. So they're just like the show has a lot of those moments. And this may my ranking for Mando will probably be lower after the third season and considering Boba Fett altogether, maybe I don't want to say that. I don't want to say that. Cause I'm yeah, feeling all I love it, but, but compared to everything else, it's like, I don't know, but I, I just yeah. really is, is it was the flagship for Disney plus. And so I just feel like, uh, yeah, it just really yeah. reignited my love for star Wars too. And like diving back into everything. The sequels obviously did, but at that time, we were all feeling a little, a little shaky about something. So it was nice right. to just have a collective like, "Whoa, this is really cool." Yeah, it really did yeah. feel like the fandom came together during that first season, and then also there's just a lot of new people which I really enjoy. Like, I think that's when Star Wars started to blow up on like TikTok because of Mandalorian and Rise of Skywalker. And it like the, the fandom just grew and it, it reminded me of like when Rogue One came out and obviously the Force Awakens as well. But I was more around for Rogue One. Uh just seeing new people come in and then like seeing, you know, people asking, like as content creators, we we always think like, oh, you know, we don't want to keep sharing the same basic info. Everybody knows that stuff. So it's always interesting. Like you can tell when new people have come in when you start getting comments about like, what's the order that I can watch this, like all all, all of Star Wars in like a whole list mm -hmm. or asking some of the more basic questions. And I remember Mandalorian brought in a lot of that. So I always appreciate and love the Mandalorian. And I also think with the Mandoverse, like when I talk about the Mandoverse, 
I'm pretty much only referring to Book of Boba Fett. I mean, like, I'm, I, I guess season two as well has a lot of, like, some issues that Book of Boba Fett has where I feel like this is where the trend of monster of the week or, like, character of the week started to happen was in Mandalorian season two. But like Chelsea said, Mandalorian season one was very brand new. Like, this, there was, was there any returning characters in that first season? I really don't think so. I don't yeah, it was like in a weird place where like every character you thought was going to be like like IG88 was just IG11 mm-hmm. and Mando was just Mando, yeah. not Boba Fett. There's a lot of that. Like there's a lot of like I remember people were hyped because obviously the sequels didn't have as many alien designs. Mm-hmm. But obviously we got um I can't remember his name, but the the Ugnaught and we got some weird looking Trandoshans. I was gonna say Bosks, Trandoshans. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. I think there was like that element of like which kind of became a not a problem, but like that kind of action figure aspect of it where like, hey, remember this guy? Here's someone who looks like this guy. And now it's kind of like, hey, remember this guy? Here he is. Which I <laughs> yeah. think Yeah, comes is what they got a bit well, I'll talk about it when I get up to it. I'll save it. But yeah. Period. Yeah, I'm excited for season three, but we will see what happens. We will, we will see. see. Yeah, that's how that's how I feel. I think it's going to be one of those things where right when I watch it and the adrenaline's pumping, I'll be like, this is the best shit I've ever seen. And then once yeah. I sit with it, it's a little like, oh. <laughs> yeah. So. yeah. Speaking of season three, that reminds me, that is something I wanted to bring up was... They just announced the writers of Mandalorian season three, which by no one's surprise is pretty much only John Favreau and Dave Filoni. And then there's one other person, but it's three white guys writing this series. And it's annoying. There's a lot of discourse about it on Twitter. Whenever you, whenever someone brings it up, the lack of diversity, they're like, so what are you saying that John and Dave shouldn't come in and finish their story? And it's like, no, Dave Filoni knows best of like, diversifying the writer's room like look at clone wars and look at rebels you know or even bad batch like it's helmed by a woman like we see with andor like in these interviews where tony gilroy talks about stuff like it isn't really disney or lucasfilm that's stopping people from bringing in representation behind the scenes and like on the screen it's really individual creators and so it just sucks to see but we know that Bo-Katan's going to be an antagonist in season three. And it's like, you didn't bring in one woman writer to do that. And that scares me. That's something I'm going to talk about more with like the Clone Wars and such. I just feel like the, there's just a lot of characters that get written inconsistently in Dave Filoni projects. And Bo-Katan, even though he literally created her, is one of those characters where it's mm-hmm. like, if she needs to be a villain or just like, and and like even in some sort of antagonistic role even if it's for just one episode they will do that even if it's inconsistent so i'm just very scared to see what's gonna happen like i really don't want to see bo katan just turn into like this crazy villain you know i i just they're gonna I, like I fucking they're gonna do multiverse of madness with wanda 
were like, yeah. I understand like why they thought Wanda would be a good villain in that movie, but the progression was not good and the way they handled it just didn't feel. And again, it just felt like that typical, oh, it's easy to fall back and then make it like the woman in her fit of feminine rage and hysteric was a villain for one episode. And then by the end of it, she's good again. It's like, right. You can have women be bad people, be nuanced people, be villains. But you gotta, yeah. No, I completely agree yeah. with what you're saying about the inconsistencies make it difficult to believe. And mm-hmm. how, again, how hard is it to even just like, again, consult, have someone else in the writer's room, even if, you know, and I guess maybe I have no idea how the film stuff works. So, both of you please correct me. So, maybe they do have other people in the room. They're just not credited, credited, did. Yeah, that's one thing I'm not, not sure about because apparently that other guy who's not Dave Villeneuve or John Favreau who's writing that other episode was in the, they say he was in the Book of Boba Fett writer's room but obviously we know the Book of Boba Fett was written by John Favreau mm-hmm. but I think this guy is someone that John has been like mentoring and so yeah. now oh they've co-written this episode <laughs> so yeah. they were there for Book of Boba Fett but they didn't get a writing credit so I think there's like right. a room to like bounce ideas off but mm-hmm. That's obviously okay. how, like... I, but you know what? Even saying that, trying to give them the benefit of the doubt, there's probably no women in that room. Or yeah. there's probably a couple, and they probably feel outnumbered. I don't want to, like, act like they, <sighs> they couldn't stand up for themselves, but I can imagine what it's like to be in a room like that and be so afraid no. of whatever. And you gotta remember, like, John Favreau, like, I mean, I guess, like, Book of Boba Fett, like, Fennec Shan, like, that's a, I'd still say that's a pretty good example because she really didn't do anything but just be like Boba Fett's person, which already feels a little inconsistent. Again, it's so weird because it's like John and Dave literally create these characters and <laughs> it's not very consistent. Like, it's it's a little hard to buy that Fennec was just like Boba's, you know, I don't know, like just assistant at, at, at a certain point. It's like she was, right. already, it's kind of like if, like, Dengar just became Boba Fett's assistant you know what I mean it doesn't really make sense and so I worry about that because it's like John Favreau book of Boba Fett did nothing with Fennec and then also he introduced Black Widow and Iron Man 2 so again it's like he's not the best like he does not have the best track record with women characters Dave Filoni um he has a better track record for sure than John Favreau. I mean, he's, you know, rebels is fantastic. Ahsoka is a great character. If you know, you, you see her for the correct reasons that she's a good character and not just because she's Anakin's Padawan. But anyways, I worry about Bo-Katan because I just can, I, I can see it being a scenario where it's like, she's just like, over emotional or it's like something like like chelsea said with multiverse of madness where it's something that's kind of small like i bet you her motivation is going to be getting back the dark saber and it's probably going to blow up to the point where she's a villain but then there's still going to be this underlying thing of like but she's trying to do the right thing and it's like it's just not going to be handled with the nuance that it should so yeah yeah i feel like well, that would be more like we know obviously Dave's brought a lot of inspiration from Princess Mononoke. I feel like well, I can't really say it because we know it's John writing it, not Dave, but like this idea of like a, a Lady Eboshi character who's like 
trying to do the best by her people, but also by wrong means, which is mm-hmm. probably an oversimplification of that character. But I don't want to sit here and explain the whole film to you. But like, yeah, because mm-hmm. that's a that's a good representation in that film. But mm-hmm. I just feel like it would be adapted into Star Wars incorrectly. Yeah, and yeah. I, I'd love to be blown away. Like, I, I'm gonna give it a fair chance. I'm not saying like yeah. straight off the bat because it, again, it's like. Dave Filoni and even John Favreau, like he wrote Mando season one and even season two, and like Dave Filoni's written a bunch of stuff that I love. So I know that they're capable of it. It's just not the best track record. <laughs> so it's a little, right. a little scary, but yeah. For sure. Oh, yeah. Well, I feel the same way you do going forward, but as as Mando stands now, I really, really enjoy it. Period. Okay. So now to my top two. Choosing which one was which was so incredibly difficult. Um, but I have my number two is Andor. Still couldn't Dude. quite beat Rebels for me. But I'll get into that in a bit. But, you know, we just spent however many weeks talking about it. So I won't harp on it too much. But the show is just a 10 out of 10. It was amazing visually. The performances from all the actors was were nothing short of incredible. And shout out, Diego actually got nominated. Was it Critics Choice Award? He got yes. nominated for that. And then yeah. also the mm-hmm. show as a whole got nominated for a best drama series. I was like, thank God they are <laughs> getting recognition, like, and not just for sound effects, which like Star Wars definitely deserves to get those like nominations and awards and for score. Like, I'm not trying to shit mm-hmm. on that, but like they finally see like we finally have something that like people are seeing like la- the larger critics or whatever and are like this is good which is like <laughs> <Right>. yeah <laughs> it's amazing but anyway um yeah. so yeah love performances the visuals the plot was amazing the political commentary was just like amazing and again mm-hmm. i won't get into all the details because i feel like i've talked at length about the politics of andor and how much i love that show for it um so many new characters that we love in addition to just getting to explore cassie and more um cameos that serve the story and don't completely take over it just so many things like that it just it it was so refreshing and just really amazing and i wish i remembered the exact text of the lady gaga gif where she's like beautiful stunning fantastic <laughs> where, what did she say she's like throw it up spit it back you've never seen it before like that whole gif that's how i feel about andor so all yeah. in my my thoughts there <laughs> yeah no disagreements here from me i no disagreements. andor yeah fantastic like chelsea said we talked about it at length, at length. so many episodes so make sure to go back and watch all 12 hours 12 plus hours of those discussions but yeah. uh <laughs> yeah i absolutely love andor so totally agree with you there yes yes and my number one probably to no one's surprise if you know me is rebels it just it's literally my ultimate comfort show like mm-hmm. it has my not only my favorite star wars character but my favorite i think just one of my favorite characters across all medium Ka- mediums which is kanan um and it's just an incredible story and i think that i like the animation maybe i'm just a simple person but i think it's cool um i love just what it adds to the larger star wars universe i love you know the commentary it also provides but in a way that's again accessible for all ages um 
getting to see Ahsoka all grown up and old man Rex, like just there again, so many things I love about the show. It just is the ultimate. It's my ultimate. It's, it's my baby, you know, like yeah. I, I just, it's not my personal baby, but like I can imagine if someone had a child, that's like, if I were people who have children <laughs> and how they feel about their baby, that's how I feel about rebels, Crazy. you know? Which is a good indication that I should never be a parent of a human being. (laughs) Period. Yeah, it's a fantastic show. I feel like when I think of Star Wars, a lot of times I think of Star Wars Rebels just because of the way that it's able to capture the heart of Star Wars. Like, I I just love when a series is able to capture, like, the heart of Star Wars, but also bring in so many new things. Like rebels it's so surprising to me that that's like a dave filoni show as much as we were just like talking bad about him but it's like i think chelsea you've brought this up in the past where like rebels does such a good job at bringing in elements from other star wars things like a lando calrissian episode without making that the entire focus and it's just like it's all new characters that you just love seeing so love love rebels i have no disagreements there yeah it's like interesting as well what you said like about animated shows in their first season like i was thinking about the first season like i remember when it came out yeah i was even like you know it's like it's okay kind of thing but like looking back on it now like especially with the whole show and like other shows more shows to compare it to like the main cast all get pretty well you know unlike the bad batch you get good characterization you understand who everyone is mm-hmm. and they all get a like, growth in that first season yeah yeah like it's definitely got a solid solid run throughout yeah definitely definitely agree well chelsea amazing ranking so thank you do you want to just you. go through it one more time just real quick yeah so should I should I do from top to bottom this time or still go bottom to top? What do we think? Uh top to bottom. To top sure. To bottom. All right. So starting with my number one, it was Rebels, then Andor, then The Mandalorian, then Resistance, Clone Wars, Kenobi. Sorry, it's called Obi-Wan Kenobi, not Kenobi. <laughs> Forces of Destiny, <laughs> Bad Batch, Book of Boba Fett, Tales of the Jedi, and then Last Visions. Period. <laughs> <laughs> yes tom is not a fan of vision not, a, not happy with that but um <laughs> we move paid well tom let's hear your ranking starting from the bottom i'm excited to hear from your standpoint as a filmmaker okay so starting off at number 11 is tales of the jedi mostly oh. it's mostly number 11 because i forgot it when we were doing the ranking and then i was like i could put it like a bit further down but also i don't want to renumber all of them and to be fair i i wasn't too fond of it so i just like put it on the top number 11 like as we said it's a beautiful show no i can like i like the dooku stuff but i just can't get past you know the retcons and especially a queer person of color like Mm -hmm what the fuck (laughs) basically and i just can't really like i watched it once i was just pretty bored i wasn't that engaged it felt 
weirdly repetitive, not only of other shows we've seen, but also just within itself. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. it was pretty to look at. There was some good music. I love the Yaddle stuff, and I quite like the Dooku stuff. But yeah. Tales of the Jedi, number 11. Period. Yeah. No disagreements from me. Yeah. <laughs> so number 10, I feel like it's going to be quite similar, but we're going to go through. Number 10, I have the Book of Boba Fett. Uh, there's some good bits in it, but overall, it's just kind of bland. And I think yeah. most of that is like, when I think of it, I just think of sand because it's all on Tatooine. <laughs> And all I can think of is just them standing around in the sand. Uh, (laughs) But it's very much, as we spoke earlier, it's like a show of two halves, even. Like, the first half is quite promising with some interesting stuff. Um, Like, the flash, like, the little flashbacks. I actually started to like Boba a lot. And then when we get to the second half of the show, I was then pissed that we weren't having Boba after not really caring about Boba for the longest time. And I, I, like, I care about you know, Din and Grogu. But I was just like, what's going on here? Did I change the channel? So, right. yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it um, makes you, like, it, it, it's weird, because like you said, you love Mando and Grogu. I think we all agree. And it, it sucks because I feel like you start to dislike Mando and Grogu for taking over Boba Fett's show. And it's like, I don't yeah. want to dislike, I don't want to dislike Mando and Grogu. And it's like, oh, uh, I, yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. It is very bland yeah. and a lot of sand. <laughs> yeah, a lot of sand. I mean, one thing I do want to say as well is like, for this ranking, it was a lot harder to like or- order like my least favorites than it was my favorites. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know if y'all had that, but I was like, I which one do I like like less rather than yeah. which one do I like more? Um, so that was hard. But like I said about Tatooine, like there's a lot of sand, <laughs> but also like there were some interesting bits there, like. Especially the Tuscans. Mm-hmm. And also kinda like I think it I don't know if it recanonized, but it said about like how Tatooine used to have oceans and stuff. Mm-hmm. There was some like world building in there which I thought was quite interesting. But it doesn't save the show. Mm-hmm. Uh right. if it had a season if there was a season two, because it's often talked about a season two, it would have to have like some pretty drastic changes for me to be like intrigued. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh number nine is the bad batch i was gonna lead in like my lead into that was gonna be fennec shand i love like like fennec shand i love ming na from agents of shield i love fennec shand she gets more to do in what two episodes of the bad batch two half hour episodes (laughs) yeah that she does in like what was kind of sold as her own show like she does well with like ming na does well with what she's given in book of boba fett but like she's so much more interesting here, and I'm glad she was included in the Bat Batch. Um, but I have similar issues with Bat Batch than I do with Book Boba Fett, um, and I just never was really bo- like like with Boba Fett. I was never really bonded to the Batch as characters. Like that arc from season seven of the Clone Wars was my least favorite. I maybe of the whole sh- not maybe not of the whole show, but like definitely of that season. Right. Um. Yeah, I've never really bonded with them like I have other characters. I do like Omega. Omega's a really interesting character. Um, so she's like my main reason for like sticking with the show. And I think Omega is what pushes it over. Book of Boba Fett. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. 
makes like, sense. It doesn't, my biggest complaint about it, it doesn't feel like the flagship animated show, if you know what I mean. Like in past, like there still is just one main animated show. That is the Bad Batch, but it doesn't feel like that, if that makes sense. Yeah, like the same way that Rebels and even Resistance did. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. So like, I don't know if that's like a streaming thing or what. Like now we have more shows. Because obviously mm-hmm. we didn't have shows back in those times, like Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I love Fennec. I love Omega. Season two looks to be an improvement, but we'll see. Like that trailer was pretty interesting, but we'll see what happens. I feel like yeah. that's our theme for like everything with, with <laughs> that we're talking about that has a sequel. We're like, we'll yeah. see, we'll see. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. I mean, not Andor to be fair. Like we're all like, yeah, yeah, yeah. For season Andor, two of Andor, but yeah, so excited. But yeah, totally agree with but you yeah. about the Bad Batch and Omega. Like you said, fantastic character, transgender icon. We love her. Period. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. But moving on to number eight, we have Forces of Destiny. Um, what well, a little low. more? Oh. What the low? <laughs> no, I mean, it was what I'm number seven. I on rolled my eyes, even though it's literally only one below mine. I'm like, yeah. Oh. And that's just because Haters. that's just because you can't stand visions. That's because you hate visions. <laughs> yeah. No, exactly. <laughs> so true. But no. Um. While it could have done more, like it's important, like we've spoken about this a lot, but um, it could have done a lot less for what was essentially advertisement for a merchandise line. Mm-hmm. So, like when you think about it from that perspective, it goes hard. Um, I like I like the anthology shows, well, apart from Tales of the Jedi, <laughs> apparently, but like I like this idea of like just kind of cutting around the galaxy to different time points and like exploring different characters like i like that idea and forces of destiny does it really well and like i think we said when we did the episode like we would like to see more of it or something similar to it mm-hmm. um but yeah it was really nice to revisit the show because i didn't think much of it before we decided to do an episode on it but having done that i think i think i see it in a better light than what i did before mm-hmm. yeah it's because yeah. i forced tom to rewatch it for that episode at first everyone's yeah. rewatch it because i was like personally i think it's underrated i'm gonna make you guys agree with me <laughs> so um yeah but i it's very low for me but okay listen, well I, like i, I said like your, i want to hear your there's reason. a lot of good tv yeah. <laughs> but like I, I, say, I still kind of have this viewpoint of it being like they're on youtube like they're they were youtube shorts Mm-hmm. I would like to see more, but like for the amount of how long they were, I think held it back, which mm-hmm. is probably why it's so low. But I don't have a lot of negative to say about it, right? Other than, yeah, yeah. I just think for me, like it's like I said earlier, it's just got the benefit of having all these characters I love. I mean, I love Kira, love Sabine, love Jin, Ray. You know, Hera, Ahsoka. Oh my God, the Ahsoka and Ezra episode. Um, so it's just like, so for me, I think it's like, I, I'm always drawn to the series so much because it has everything I love. You know what I mean? Yeah. But I totally go to That's you. Fair enough. And maybe like, it's the same thing with like visions. Like I said earlier, like maybe it's just harder to get into. Like you said, the, the length of it. You know, it's it's got to capture you in 
these are like two minutes so it's got to you know capture you in two minutes so yeah, yeah. i i get you 100 it doesn't feel as important but like also what chelsea said earlier about like i think we've all said something similar like if you like a character or like something specific about a show that you're like i don't i don't care it's 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 amazing so i feel like that is how i feel about where's the destiny quite a bit it's like got all my favorite characters so i don't give a fuck about anything else <laughs> so. literally has fucking ewoks hera and han like argue like what more could you want like literally so at number seven i have obi-wan kenobi uh pretty well i'm pretty well documented on that in the lead up to it ever since like you said like ever since disney bought star wars there was talk about it i'm pretty well documented in saying we don't need it we don't need it like what's the story there Right. I've always been in that camp of like, so what? Yeah. Um, I like, but obviously when it was announced, I was like, okay, we're we're getting it now. I'll I'll look forward to it and like I'll take it for what it is. Uh, but mm-hmm. I was quite pleasantly surprised at what we did get. Like I think the reason now people are so not negative about it, but like it's because of how hyped it was. I was never in that camp. I was always like again yeah. whatever <laughs> so when it did come out i was quite pleasantly surprised with what we got it was cool to have those like rebels connections with the inquisitors um but there was also some stuff to, to dislike too like we said about the aesthetics and like the use of the volume mm-hmm. yeah. left a lot to be desired <laughs> um and that dragged the quality down significantly I actually watched a clip of it before we went live, or before we started recording, rather, mm-hmm. um, just because I was like thinking about TV a lot. I also rewatched some visions uh, because I remembered mm-hmm. it's still showing up on my continue watching on Disney Plus because I started watching them and then just stopped for whatever mm-hmm. reason. But yeah, I watched the duel between Obi Wan and Vader. That was like I remember when that came out, and that was pretty hype. So there's some pretty cool moments in the show. Mm-hmm. Little Leia, absolute highlight of the show, as well as um, Reva. And it's one of my favorite like finales of the live-action shows, mm-hmm. because it just goes quite hard. And also, I like there's still the fact that Reva didn't die. I'm constantly kind of like astounded by, because like mm-hmm. you know we know Star Wars. Once someone, oh, once evil characters somebody. redeemed, they're gonna die. <laughs> but yeah. I'm surprised they didn't do it. So that gets points from me. But yeah. Yeah. So hope she comes back in the future. I mean, I, I thought we'd get an announcement by now, but maybe they're yeah. waiting till celebration. Cause I guess I guess if there is anything, it's gonna be backlogged to like twenty twenty five. So I guess that makes sense. That's the thing that sucks, is like if if something becomes popular and you know they want to continue the story. They are, they have so much set up that they have to kind of. I guess Mandalorian got lucky because it was the first one, so it was like, okay, we can base Star Wars's entire personality off of this one show. Let's do this. So, I guess, yeah. yeah. But no, I yeah. agreed the stuff about Kenobi. Um, although I was definitely excited, maybe not the same level of people who've been expecting this for years, but I was anticipating it. Like, I remember I was away 
on vacation and my plan, I had an alarm set for 2.45 to watch the two episodes of my phone and then go back to sleep and wake up at 7 a.m. to get fast passes or whatever. Or sorry, it's not fast passes anymore. Genie Plus for the what for the Guardians coaster. So it was about it was about to be eventful, right? Mm-hmm. But um, and then when they dropped it early, I was so happy. I was like, oh, thank God I don't have to stay up till the ass crack of fucking dawn just to watch these episodes. Listen, I have beef with Disney Plus for making it midnight PST. Like, why not just make it midnight EST? Because I feel like that gives a good range for most people. It's midnight. I can stay up till midnight. The people on the West Coast get it, get it at nine. Granted, that is like five a.m. for y'all in British land, but y'all get it in the yeah. morning anyway. Yeah, so it's exactly. not like people are gonna stay up until five. You could just get up a couple hours early before work or watch it before work. Like you know, like if you wake up and it's already out, keep mm-hmm. your phone on, do not disturb. You just go and watch it right away, or just do it until you have dirt. So I am personally fighting whichever fucking Disney person in charge made it. Uh, midnight pst but i was very happy because i was very much excited for kenobi that they pushed up that release time so i guess like you and i differ there but i don't know i still just felt that you know excitement throughout yeah period i mean yeah yeah. i i like i said earlier i saw the hype for that series and i'm just like it they should have done so much more but it's all good it it is what it is (laughs) It is what it is. Again, I'm not going to go into it because I'm so well documented. <laughs> but like, there's not even a story there. Clearly, there was. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you liked it or not, mm-hmm. is I think the mm-hmm. theme of that. <laughs> um, number six is Star Wars Resistance. Oh, yep. <laughs> All right, let's hear it. Come on, I no, because we're well, we're well into like my. I like these shows now. That started with either for yes, that started with forces at Destiny, like it did with you. I love Resistance, but um, that's not really a but. Like I think it's just shorter. We all know I love the sequels. It's probably my favorite of the three trilogies because, although I did technically grow up with the prequels. I was before I got into Star Wars, they were all out. So this is me growing up with the films coming out. So I have a connection to the sequel trilogy. This show really added a lot of world building and stuff to that. Uh, it's just it's so cute and just like warm, like you say. You said it was friend shaped. Yeah, yeah, I like that. That's I'm feeling that at some point. <laughs> I really like that. Um, it, yeah, it really adds just add. Uh, it really manages to add more. To the world building it's really nice to see poe and even phasma that is oscar isaac and i believe quindling christie came back as well for season one yeah yeah but they they recast her in season two which is yeah fair enough um she's expensive she's probably, probably booked and busy yeah, yeah. <laughs> especially now yeah yeah but um of all the shows that don't already have like we know are, con- are continuing it's probably the one show i'd like to see a successor like a spiritual successor for mm-hmm. because there's yeah. so much potential that that was cut short whether yeah. we believe that it was always intended to end that way or not which it totally wasn't um <laughs> yeah i think I, what would be like the best route is if they do whatever because they're there's so many rumors now about post-sequel stuff, you know, Daisy Ridley's at Lucasfilm and such. 
I think it would be just so cool if whatever they make, especially if it's on Disney Plus, kind of like a TV type streaming type thing, uh, they should include the Resistance characters or like at least some elements from it. You know, like you can include yeah. the droids at least or something. But I think it would just be cool to see like Kaz actually in whatever is set up after. I don't exactly know if it'd be the Resistance still because what are they resisting? But like you know, I I, I would yeah the new the newer Republic, um, but yeah I I think that would be really cool if they you know brought characters in or something like that you know it could bring a new love to resistance i think one thing that lucasfilm realized that when they bring in characters like ahsoka or cad bane like the people that go back and watch that stuff especially mando season two the animated shows rise in popularity and i think lucasfilm knows that and i think lucasfilm realizes that you know, if they bring in characters from Resistance, perhaps you could bring a new love to Resistance. I, I personally think no matter how a series is perceived, that Star Wars creators should be willing and happy to take from any series or any book or anything. Um, and so, yeah. Mm-hmm. I need to yeah. meet you back. Any continuation of Resistance, even if it's not direct sequel, but it's just featuring characters, I need, even if it's just a Niku name drop, like if Kaz got featured and like Kaz was just like, oh, maybe I'll go tell Niku or like my friend Niku and I would, I'd be like in tears. I'd be like, what's that meme where they're like pointing at the screen? Like that would be my multiverse of that. Well, you know, I love that guy. (laughs) Yes. But yeah, like. Up until I watched it, I can't remember when I rewatched it, but obviously I was trying to watch it when it came out. Very much had that season one kind of hold back for me, like I have with all the animated shows so far, which makes me think I will look back on the Bad Batch with a bit more positivity, hopefully. Mm-hmm. Um, but I watched the whole show through when it was all out, maybe a year ago, and it it would have been way lower before that. And I'm not really sure why. I just think it's like because going back to like that very not immature, but like the the humor of it can be quite, I guess, cartoony and like you know mm-hmm. over the top, maybe. I don't know. But the whole show, like the whole themes as well, like you said about redemption and togetherness and family, found family, all there. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I've got a new love for it. So number six, resistance. Period. Period. Yeah. And number five, we have the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Like Mandalorian's a tricky one because like we always say about like that season one, season two kind of shift. There's not really much of a shift for me. Like y'all were saying how you didn't really like the Monster of the Week thing. One of the biggest draws for it for me, I think, is like how because it's not really like a next time and every episode kind of has an ending. So you're always like I wonder what we're going to see next week. I kind of really like that kind of anticipation. And like, there's always a lot to talk about. I feel like with the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. like obviously we've had a lot to talk about with Andor, but like the Mandalorian, you get a, mo- a lot more like, here's what I like here. What it did, like a mixed conversation. Mm-hmm. Whereas for Andor, it kind of felt like unanimous praise, which is not yeah. a bad thing at all, but like, it's nice to see like different opinions on a thing. And like, mm-hmm. it feels 
you kind of have like the epic nature that you only really get in the movies. I'd say the Mandalorian is the one that's come closest to kind of reenacting that kind of like big hype and like big scale kind of stuff. Even if it's like on a smaller TV scale, obviously. Right. Um, but yeah, I, like as much as I like the more them- thematically relevant, like thought provoking Star Wars stuff, I'm a bit of a sucker for like the cool, just like the cool action stuff. So the Mandalorian's got a lot of that. And I think that's what like that's what brings me back to rewatches as well. Mm-hmm. More than like obviously we like the characters, but just like those cool like, I can only call them cool moments. I don't really know what to call them. But you know what I mean. Um right. But it can be a bit too indulgent at times. Yeah. Especially after season one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's I feel you. I mean like I don't know. I, I want to save what I have to say for when um, I have my ranking. But <laughs> I, yeah, I just, for me, I really appreciate The Mandalorian, like, by itself. Like, I kind of hate that all these shows kind of have to connect to The Mandalorian because I really just don't have issues with it, especially that first season. Um, but I do get what you're saying too about like because i feel like a lot of the other shows like even like the marvel shows just kind of feel like one big long movie where the mandalorian does have that element where it's like new like new adventures every week type thing it it, it feels more like a tv show so Mm. i actually agree with you there um yeah that it is like the the monster of the week per se format works a lot better with the Mandalorian, especially, I guess I shouldn't say monster of the week because I think the only monsters are like fucking Cad Bane, Ahsoka Tana, (laughs) Um, you know, they did like at the start of season two, you had like the dragon and then you had the spiders. But after that, it kind of went a different route, but there were a few monster stuff. I just had this really weird, like subconscious, like, because we know it's like a show about like, that low that lone gunslinger kind of season one vibe but i've just like thought like whenever i think about the show i subconsciously think about the woody's roundup tv show from toy story 2 interesting (laughs) i don't know why like it's kind of like that similar i guess that's what they're going for like the old western shows yeah obviously i've never seen any of those so woody's roundup is the closest i've ever got to that right where they kind of have like cliffhangers and they have like zany characters and yeah i don't know I but that's that subconsciously in the back of my head especially for the marshall i think yeah like whenever mando's yeah. on tattooing yeah i i agree with you i get what you're saying at least it made some sense okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah cool yeah well number four is the clone wars mm. um i think it's a bit higher than I, it was a bit higher than I was expecting, even. But like, I just have a lot of nostalgia for it. Like, yeah. as I said, the prequels were already out by the time I really got into Star Wars as a kid. But the Clone Wars was just coming out, and I think I've said this before. Like, I didn't have whatever channel it was airing on because I just had basic TV back then. Right. But like every Christmas, I'd have the DVD box set, and I'd watch through them. And I just love, like, again, it's not really Monster of the Week, but, like, the Clone Wars really played around with, like, genre and homages. Like, you had, like, that monster movie Godzilla homage with Zillow Beast. 
and then the next week you'd have like a heist mm-hmm. or like um the episode where they're all the bounty hunters in the cube that's yeah. how much is something i can't really think of what it is off the top of my head so i think that nature of the show really kept it fresh mm-hmm. um for so many seasons as well like i said earlier there's a lot to this show um it doesn't always work but for the most part i'd say yeah it does Mm-hmm. We said about the inconsistent characters, especially in the Filoni shows. That's very true here, mm-hmm. which is surprising as well, because like it has to be remembered, this is like George's last major Star Wars project, mm-hmm. and he was very involved with it. So it's curious that a lot of the characters are a bit yeah. misrepresented. But then again, he might have felt the need to change them out of like the negative reviews of the prequels at the time. Yeah, maybe that's and, all I can I really mean, think of. George Lucas, he's also like he says like continuities for wimps. Yeah, he's he's very much yeah. the same way where it's like if the story calls for a change, then you know, like like this story needs this character, then we'll just make it that way. You know, so yeah, I I think that Dave Filoni definitely learned <laughs> from George Lucas learned that, a lot. Yeah. That but I think I think there's a lot of that as well. Like I'm trying to think of an example from like the originals or even the prequels. There's probably some characters which changed. I think mostly probably Jar Jar between one and two, but he was yeah. still pretty in character. But yeah, like yeah. I think there's just ways of doing it Padme that are less. Is probably the yeah. best example. Padme is the biggest example. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, because she's very much like this strong leader, and then by the end of it, it's like she needs to be obsessed with the love that she's in so much so that it's like fuck everything else. And you know, it's I hate what she did to that. Yeah, which sucks even more because we knew that there were better ideas for her there. Yeah, that didn't require it, changing her character so much, but yeah, yeah. And I guess George's thought process was just like, well, kind of works for the story. And I mean, I guess it does, like, it, it works, you know, the way that their relationship fell out and such, but it's, yeah. it's just inconsistent for Padme as a character, I feel like. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of great character arcs too, most notably Ahsoka and Ventress, yeah, which I think is a thing. Like Ventures' story throughout the show is a definite highlight of the whole show. And it's quite similar to Andor, like where we get multiple perspectives of this one situation, but obviously it's a bigger well, it's not a bigger situation, it's just a longer lasting situation, I guess, of like multiple years. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I'd like that kind of perspective of having different perspectives. Yeah. Yeah. But moving on to number three. We finally get to Star Wars Visions. Um, okay. I lo- we know I love Visions. I'm very excited for season two. Oh, yes. um, it is, as much as everyone likes the Clone Wars animation style, I mean, I know every animation style in this is different, but they're pretty much all gorgeous. Like, I can't really fault any of them. So, and like, that, having the aspect of a different animation style in every episode is so... I'm trying not to say cool, but it's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's so nice to have different animation styles. Like, the only real downside I have of it is 
that they all a lot of them have similar aspects that they focus on of like they all tell a similar story like a lot of them use the word kyber crystal which i don't even think we hear in any of the skywalker saga films but they're always like kyber crystal look at this lightsaber there's a lot of that in visions which is my only downside and i hope they fix that in season two I've always wondered if, because I know that they say, oh, we didn't give them any direction, really. But like you said, like a kyber crystal is never mentioned. Like, that's kind of a deeper lore thing. And I kind of wonder, I've always wondered this ever since it came out, if they kind of gave a list of things that was like, you don't have to include this, but these are some things that would probably make, like, it would have the heart of Star Wars without you remaking Star Wars type thing. I was wondering if they just kind of like included kyber crystals on there, lightsabers, um, things like Order 66. I feel like that was brought up a few times too. And um, I think that, yeah, because I mean, maybe maybe all these animators that worked on this, all these studios that were helming these projects were like huge Star Wars fans. And maybe they just knew that stuff. But I I kind of question the coincidence that it was like every single yeah, episode brings weird. up a kyber crystal. You know what I mean? But you'd think they'd want more variety, which is wh- why would they try to push that? And also, like, yeah. they all focus on... Well, Star Wars is very much about the Jedi, and, like, that is, like, the biggest influence they've brought in from, like, the culture, like, the Asian culture of, like, the swordsman kind of aspect is what George took from basically took from there mm-hmm. so i think that's what they probably would focus on more but like none of them really focused on like like the han solo kind of scoundrel aspect or the bounty hunter aspect even though we did have boba fett in one episode <laughs> and that that one episode is probably the most standout and most unique one because it has like a musical number and everything mm-hmm. but um yeah a lot of them felt quite similar it's my only downside because they were still all very thematically different and like aesthetically different uh yeah and also just not being restricted by canon was so refreshing as well yeah i totally agree with you i absolutely love visions and you brought up season two which i'm excited and then also it's like i don't know because i love the idea of it expanding to different cultures but i'm also just like i loved the anime but also yeah (laughs) Star Wars just needs an anime at this point, especially because like Disney is partnering with anime studios and making more anime on Disney Plus. Make a fucking Star Wars anime, like I, I, oh man, I need it. I'm sure we're getting one because when they were talking about season two, they were said they said, "quote There is this is not the quote. I can't remember the exact quote, but they (laughs) said, (laughs) I I know I said quote, but it's not a quote. They said there is." If you like Star Wars and anime, there's going to be way more in the future. Oh but I God. don't think that was including just Visions, because obviously we know it's not all anime anymore. No. They just showed actually a trailer at CCXP exclusively to who was there. I don't know if that's the name of the, uh, the, name of the thing, but like they said that they, there was like stop motion animation in there and different stuff. So I did not hear about that. What? Yeah, because like oh, no one saw it. Like, they released the trailer there. But everyone was talking I, about a new Mando trailer. So it kind of went I, under the rug a bit. I had figured something was happening because um, on the Disney media website that I use for, I mean, a lot of content creators use it. The 
like whenever they add something new, it always goes to the top. And they had like added something for Visions season two. Like they posted the logo, but it was already posted. So for some reason, it was showing up at the front. This was like last week, but then nothing was like added to that tab. So, but I just remember sending it to like, I think Chelsea and, or maybe I sent it in like the Discord or something. I was like, something's coming, y'all. So maybe that's what it was. But I've heard that it's. Yeah. Season two is supposed to be coming out in the spring, which is like cool and all, but we're fucking busy <laughs> from, <laughs> yeah. from now until then. So maybe they should save it for the fall. Yeah, I um, think it'd be like April, May time. Yeah, um, which is so yeah. Busy. Wasn't didn't they release? No, I think season two had already ended by the time the last one released, but it was close. I remember. Of what? Um, I can't remember exactly, but it was close. I'm sure. Season two, <laughs> um, season two of what? Season two of Mando, or Mando uh, the Bad Batch. Season oh, one of the Bad Batch. Batch. It was something Bad was airing. Oh yeah, yeah. no, yeah, the no, no, because Bad Batch ended in was... like summer, and I remember yeah. being watching Visions. It was probably like mid. It, it was, was September. It, it was September, yeah. And it was Marvel's. Maybe what? I'm misremembering. Oh yeah. yeah, it was it the first time with a Marvel thing. Yeah, with Marvel. Oh, what if? It was the same oh, night yeah, yeah, yeah. that the Thor in Las Vegas episode released. So <laughs> very good memory. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but yeah, season two hype. I'm I like the UK is on the list. And I'm like, are they gonna get Ardman to do it? That would be so funny. Wallace yeah. and Gromit in space. Anyway. I mean, he said stop motion was. Yeah, in, in this supposed trailer, right? I'm surprised it's, I didn't hear about be. that. I I know some like huge visions fans. Like I feel like that's something like Jacob would know in the Discord. No, because like everyone was talking about the Mando trailer, and like someone right. said, "Do they have the Batman trailer?" And I said, "Oh, no, like knowing that they had talked about the Visions trailer, I was like, oh no, I think they only talked about movies.' Because everyone was like, "Where's the Batman trailer?" Damn. Completely forgetting that they showed a Visions trailer. <laughs> so, well, I'm excited because. Yeah, they just basically said there's different animation styles, and no one really said what they saw because how can you? It's all new. Right. So, facts. Anyway, facts. facts. Number two, uh, much like Chelsea, I've gone with Andor for number two. Um, mm. it's the best written Star Wars. <laughs> I'm just going to state that it's the best written Star Wars. If season two is as good as season one, it will probably take over Rebels. That's my number one show. That's the only thing holding it back so far. There's only one season of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I've also, like Chelsea mentions a lot, the recency bias, I'm trying to cut that out here. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, if season two lives up to season one, number one, just getting to explore this time period from so many angles and perspectives, which like I said earlier, is something I really enjoy. Um, it's just something that was really special. Like the just the depth of the characters that we got, and the amazing performances by everyone involved. Like, there's, I would say there's not really a standout performance. There's several standouts, I guess. Yeah, like everyone, a standout. <laughs> everyone's a standout. Everyone does such a good job with what they're given. Right. Yeah. Uh, love the attention to detail in pretty much every area, like the locations, the costumes, the sets, the effects. Mm-hmm top tier but as we said we've just spent multiple weeks talking about it so if you want to hear me talk about andor go watch our andor episodes but number one star wars rebels 
Oh, yes. Yes. The whole <laughs> crew are just so lovable. And the relationships just drive the show. I love it when just characters interacting with other characters can drive a show. Mm-hmm. But also, there's lots of great action moments as well. Like we said, I have a soft spot for the cool factor. Um, but most of all, I love how the show explores the force and the philosophy behind it while like honoring what's come before it manages to stretch it out in really interesting ways like with like the loath wolves and the controversial world between worlds um but what's most interesting to me is like it is a spiritual successor to the clone wars but it manages to like surpass that and like stand on its own so well that like you kind of forget that it's a sequel to the Clone Wars. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. Watching the show just grow and evolve over time has been one of my favorite experiences within the fandom, I guess. Like like I said earlier, season one, I wasn't very fond with it when it was coming out. But then, like, growing up with it and just watching it grow was such a fun time to be a Star Wars fan. Yeah. Rebels. So, yeah. Rebels really is just that bitch. Like yeah. everything about Rebels, fantastic. The way it all comes together in the end, just yeah. brilliant. I love Rebels. So yes. do not listen. Y'all are both like, oh, like season one. I was like, yeah, and I got better. No, <laughs> fuck y'all. I've been a fan of Blueberry Brat Ezra from the beginning. I love, <laughs> honestly, like I'm not just saying this to be like antagonistic, but I, honestly, I feel like season one is probably like my favorite season of Rebels still. Period. Like it just to me is a perfect introduction to all of them. And I just yeah. loved, and I, there's so many amazing moments. So it really is hard for me to pick a season, but like one, the ultimate comfort of the ultimate show, in my opinion. Period. So, I understand what y'all are saying. I can see from yeah. that perspective how you like. I think like it's not even so much the tone. It's kind of like being st- not stuck on Lothal for that long. Like I understand that's the story, but like it gets a little bit like Lothal's interesting to like learn about. But I don't think we learn about it enough in that first season to like kind of stay interested within it to stay there for a whole I know there's like a couple episodes where we go off mm-hmm. but yeah that's I think where mm-hmm. I stand with like the first season but I don't yeah. hate the first season it's fun to have that at the start <laughs> yeah I mean I was younger I was just whatever the fuck everybody yeah. else said was like I wanted to be just like them <laughs> um, sure. so I mean but I like I said I never hated the show i always like i always defended the animation style and then it was like it was around the end of season two that i like literally posted on my story i was like i like rebels more than clone wars and i remember you I said remember. that you were braver than the marines this is the time in which it yeah. was like now if i said something like that people would be like yeah okay but right. god bless you i could yeah. Before those last two seasons, like <laughs> Thrawn wasn't even introduced yet, but I yeah. I didn't care. I loved I loved Rebels in season two and, um, like Twilight of the Apprentice. I remember just that being the perfect closing to. I was like, this show got better. Like what the hell? Like so yeah. Um, Tom, you want to share your ranking from top to bottom just one more time? Top to bottom. Yes. Yeah. So. Number one is Rebels. Number two is Andor. Number three is Visions. 
Number four is The Clone Wars. Number five is The Mandalorian. Six is Resistance. Seven is Obi-Wan Kenobi. Eight is Forces of Destiny. Nine is The Bad Batch. Ten is The Book of Boba Fett. And then 11 is Tales of the Jedi. Period. Love it. Um, So, yeah. All right. Time for me to get into mine. It's a little different from your guys'. <laughs> um, okay. I'm quite interested. I've noticed somewhat of a trend at the bottom here, but I mean, we'll start with the Book of Boba Fett, the my least favorite series. Again, I was just so hyped. Like when I tell you that Boba Fett, like I loved the idea that I loved Boba Fett in the Mandalorian because I never really got the appeal of Boba Fett. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. he's just a background character. I guess if you read the comics, like he's cool. The comics, I feel like with Boba Fett and Darth Vader, they, they've been repetitive for five years now. <laughs> so, um, it, it, you know, there, there wasn't much there for me, but I loved Boba Fett in the Mandalorian and I was so excited for him to get his own series. I, thought that it was just so incredibly smart like yes take a year off from mando do this boba fett story you know like expand this whole mando verse i loved the idea so i was so disappointed when i was like yeah what the hell man it was because i loved mando season one and two i loved what it did for star wars so i just had the biggest expectations maybe that was my issue but uh you know i, I just like like we said, those first three episodes, fantastic, fell flat. Um, I will say, though, like, the Star Wars fan in me, the, like, 12-year-old Star Wars fan in me loves that episode of Ahsoka and Luke and all, all these characters together, Grogu training, seeing, like, the beginning of Luke's Jedi Temple as, like, a last Jedi fan. Like, that's super cool. I do, like, even though I don't really like luke in the show i do appreciate the fact that um i feel like it connects well to like the luke skywalker that we see in the last jedi and i do appreciate that there's some sort of attention to detail there with luke because i did feel like after the mandalorian season two it was gonna be like oh shit like this is just a big fuck you to the last jedi like that's all this really is so i'm glad they didn't go that way that being said i still think it's my least favorite star wars series i have like zero desires to go back and watch and i think that the finale is just not to be rude but it's one of the most embarrassing things star wars has (laughs) ever released so yeah that's um that's my take on book of boba fett um last place series fair enough (laughs) um my next series is the bad batch actually now like I said, I do have high hopes that it's going to rise up, but I just, the Bad Batch, the fact that it's 16 episodes drives me crazy. Like, it's just like, like, you know, the idea of like eternal life, like that idea scares you. That's how I feel about the Bad Batch. (laughs) Oh my God, this goes on for fucking ever. And it's just... Yeah, it keeps going and going, but what is my purpose? (laughs) (laughs) And it's so, it gets so repetitive to the point where it's just annoying. But I do love a lot of, like, the show. I feel like there's some episodes that really reminded me of, like, 
a cool rebels episode where it's just like they're going on cool a cool mission i love it and i love the idea that this is like another show where i'm assuming this is going to be like another rebel cell um i really like the idea of it continuing and going on and connecting to certain things i mean i love the idea of star wars connecting um and maybe maybe not in a like leading up to a big event type way but i think a great way to connect a lot of these series would be like the path from obi-wan kenobi i would love to see that come into play in like the bad batch and such but besides the point i just feel like with bad batch i just really no desire to rewatch until season two so i might actually rewatch it soon but i just it's just it's just kind of like a a nothing burger for me it's just it's just yeah there <laughs> yeah um and so this is kind of the trend that i started noticing is that like the next series is tales of the jedi <laughs> um for me i love the dooku episodes i absolutely love the dooku episodes especially because and i'll talk about with the clone wars i've already talked about the inconsistent ways that some of these characters are written count duke is one of them on the contrary mace windu got characterized horribly again in this show just like he did in clone wars um and then like we talked about just retconning i'm not a big fan of retconning either way i can get you know i can get over it you know like some of the dooku stuff i can get over it i really just don't understand why you would replace a character though you know it it just a queer character of color sure it's limited runtime people have talked about like oh what do you expect they 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 can't show all that in a 15 minute runtime it's like sure okay don't make the character queer or whatever just like leave that out fine whatever but <laughs> that is not a black woman <laughs> in that fucking show so i don't know yeah. what the hell i was about to be like it's not that hard to animate people of color but then i thought about the bad batch and i was like <laughs> well for Lucasfilm, it is difficult, apparently. So, yep. never mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I think I enjoyed Tales of the Jedi more than you guys did, but because of those Dooku episodes, but uh, Ahsoka, Ahsoka episodes, nah, which sucks. I was so excited for Ashley to come back. Um, it is what it is, though. Um, and then continuing the trend, <laughs> the next series is The Clone Wars. Um, way lower on my ranking than you guys um again i just for me i really don't like like i guess in some ways it's fine like i can get over the inconsistencies it's when people use those inconsistencies especially in these dave filoni projects to like justify their viewpoint like oh mace windu is responsible for the downfall of anakin skywalker because he's such a dick and it's like well if you watch revenge of the sith he's a dick to anakin when anakin's a dick to him it's kind of like a mutual i'm not saying mace Windu's perfect by any means but then it's like in clone wars d- bro i am flabbergasted <laughs> i uh, you want to tell me a jedi killed a kid's father and then he was like get over it dude like I, I don't know what to tell you man like fucking 12 year old kid and he's like I, I i don't know what to tell you i just it's so it's it it just it's not mace windu it's so inconsistent same thing with count dooku i feel like count dooku has been characterized very differently kind of similar to what we see in tales of the jedi where it's like he has good intentions and then by the time of 
Clone Wars. He's just like a mustache twirling fucking villain, you know, evil laughing everything. And it's like, dude, that's not Count Dooku. But the show needed a Sith Lord villain, and because of the rule of two, there wasn't there was nothing they could really do. I, actually. No, the show did not care about the rule of two. Yeah, they didn't care about it. <laughs> but it's like they needed this character and like same thing, like the way he treats Asajj Ventress. It's like I, it's good. It's great for Asajj's story, but it's just not Count Dooku. Like you just like when you watch Attack of the Clones, this man literally tells Obi-Wan Kenobi exactly what is happening and Obi-Wan doesn't believe him. You know what I mean? So it's like i i just can't i just can't get into it that much and um you know it has some great things like you guys have said it adds so much to star wars especially like the spiritual side you know like we literally see the wills in this series um or like the mortis gods i love all that shit i'm a sucker for the mortis arc you know all that spiritual shit, the Yoda series or the lost missions at Yoda. Love it. So I don't know. I just, and then also just like you guys said, it's so long, hard to get into. Yes. I feel like a lot of people, when they look back on the show, it's like nostalgia or just like, you kind of think about the big moments and you kind of forget that like 70% of the show is just like, like bad batch just kind of nothing <laughs> so yeah i don't know That's... yeah i will say like when i go back and rewatch, i'm pretty much only watching like for ahsoka mm. like and i think you point out a lot of stuff like the inconsistencies where it's like you understand why they do it at nature of like being a kid show it budget whatever um and then there's just again some kind of misrepresentations of certain cultures and identities that now are going to probably come up again in live action and that's going to be unfortunate to like untangle and right literally exactly (laughs) thank you so I don't know I definitely I feel like in my heart my ranking is closer to yours with Clone Wars I was just too afraid to say it with my whole chest here so (laughs) (laughs) to be completely transparent but yeah, no, definitely there are parts I love. Most of the parts that I love having to deal with Ahsoka. Honestly, I love the episodes with Jar Jar. I fuck Period. it. Like I, I'm a Jar Jar big stan. I love those Clone Jar Jar Wars and episodes. Love yeah. them. Finally, when Mace yeah. Windu didn't get to be a dick. You know what I mean? Like I <laughs> Jar Jar humbled him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it's, anyway. like, it's very much the same thing with like Bo Katan and such. It's just the you know, like it's just so inconsistent it's like you literally created that character like i i, I don't understand um and then right. it's like she shows up in rebels and she's not as extreme anymore and it's That's like, what, like i was just thinking about that it's like i watched rebels and i was like oh bo isn't that bad and even in the beginning of like mando she's not like too whatever but then i go back and watch the clone wars like what the fuck like what right. the fuck like why the hell did sabine give her the fucking dark saber like what right. is what is it yeah. like yeah so yeah uh. and you know like there's just certain things like like bo slapping ahsoka's ass like i my yeah. 
worst fucking right. yeah. why the ever. fuck was ahsoka in literal fucking bikini in the fr- like who again that's a clear example of not having a woman in the writer's room because who in their right mind is sending a child out to war in that who in their right, right mind was like yeah this is good to animate when it's literally a supposed to be a child right like it's just not like right. and then there's the larger conversations where you shouldn't look into it that way you shouldn't whatever i was like no, they just shouldn't put it out there to gear it towards children because there are creepy people who, no matter what your intention is, are going to take it and make it disgusting. That is one positive that I don't think I mentioned from Tales of the Jedi in this is yeah. that they adjusted that outfit to make it more... Yeah. You know. That's a good retcon. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. I, I mean, like I said, I don't 100% hate the Clone Wars. There's stuff I love, but I just... I wish I could love it as much as other people do. I think that like what it's done for Star Wars is fantastic. I mean, Mandalorian, Rebels, those series can't exist without the Clone Wars and what those that that series brought to the table. So I don't know. I I love it, but I fucking hate it at the same time. (laughs) Um, So yeah, it's uh my villain origin story, and my second villain origin story is obi-wan kenobi the next series um again i like i i i love obi-wan kenobi like i love the story love seeing anakin and obi-wan again darth vader um i agree with tom in the sense that there's not a huge story there and they kind of had to pull one out of their behind um because like (laughs) darth vader like it's it's a big stretch they pulled it off and I think it like makes sense, but it's a big stretch. Like to even think like three years ago, if you would have told me that, I would have been like, no, absolutely, that that's not happening. Um, I remember seeing the announcement for it though, and being so excited. I just feel like it's such a it, it, Obi Wan Kenobi shows you everything that's wrong with what happened under Disney when Bob Chapek became president. Like the idea, like what. Sorry, not to interrupt. I was like, if they had just fired him just like a couple years, I mean, that's when he was hired, so you can't, whatever. But I'm just thinking, not that Bob Iger is like so much better, but I hadn't thought about Kenobi from that perspective until you just said it. So that's why I had to, inter- I didn't have to interject. I apologize for interjecting, <laughs> but I just literally, you just like changed my worldview of the whole situation. And now I'm like angry for like seven more yeah. reasons. So I'm sorry. Carry on. It, it was very much, I mean, nothing's confirmed, right? But just the, I can just see the mindset of like, well, this is going to be the most popular Star Wars series. Like, it's, it's going to be huge. So why should we put a budget towards it if people are going to watch it anyways? <laughs> and I just feel like that's such a Bob Chapek move. It's the same thing he does with Disneyland and Disney World. It's like, people are going to show up either way. It's like... This is why you're fired. This is why you got fired on a fucking Sunday night, dude. Like <laughs> literally <laughs> before Ellen Sean. <laughs> right. I find that story so funny. He was literally his ass off. Like ugh. they had the last Elton John. Well, not the last one, but like the Disney Plus recording of Elton John. He was supposed to introduce Elton John, but then he got fired. So they had to bring out some other guy to introduce Elton John. I'm <laughs> dead oh hell no i mean deserved like yeah. <laughs> he, he makes me so mad and 
I mean, granted, the budget stuff like hasn't ever been officially released, but mm. if what is talked about is true, this series had such a significantly lower budget than the other series. And I just genuinely feel like it's because they were like, people are going to watch it anyways. And I just really, I really hate that because I, I think this series deserved the same love and respect that like Andor had because you're dealing with like huge themes. And I think Deborah Chow did amazing with what she had to work with and the writers. Mm-hmm. Eh. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I think that this series could have been handled with so much more nuance. And yeah. I appreciate like, yeah. I appreciate the aspect of like, obi-wan kenobi having like self-forgiveness and i think the way that they did that is like really smart but i don't know i just it's it i feel like the bad outweighs the good in a lot of ways however there's so much to love like you guys have mentioned leia just the characterization of little leia and seeing like the recontextualization of like obi-wan kenobi and leia's relationship like i just think it it's it does a lot for star wars and i just it makes me even more mad that they didn't put more like mm-hmm. budget into it like if that really is it because at the same time it's like you have to remember too hayden christensen and Ewan mcgregor especially are expensive as hell to get on for a disney plus series so you're telling me that you had two expensive ass actors and then went with a lower budget still Fuck you, Bob Chapek. I literally yeah. <laughs> like. No, it's like what you're saying about how this this idea that like oh people are gonna tune in anyway, so we can like lower our standards a little bit. I feel like that's for any large franchise like Star Wars or Marvel. I feel like more and more they've taken on that mentality and they've taken on the like quantity over quality, <laughs> and it it kind of serves as an excuse for lazy storytelling. And, like, sure, there are people who are going to watch everything and like everything no matter what. And that's great. And, you know, but the thing is, like, those people will like it even more if you put in more of an effort. And, like, it's just, it was, like, hell in the Star Wars fandom. It was hell to just, like, I just, like, I can't, I just can't check the Discord. I can't read what people are saying because, like, people are just so opinionated about it. And I guess, like disney whoever's in charge sees that and it's like oh there's conversation about it so like all press is good press but no because people will unsubscribe from disney plus people are going to stop watching it people won't recommend it to their family members as much because i have family members who like ask about Andor, and they're like oh is it something i should try how much do i need to know beforehand and i was like you know pretty much just watch rogue one and you'll be set like and mm-hmm. or just know the premise and i'm like i tell them it's fantastic it's amazing it's the best thing they've put out check it out or mandalorian was coming out that's how i kind of reintroduced my mom to star wars to be like right. you know like you, you've only seen the movies pretty much but like this has nothing to do with the movies so you don't have to catch up and it's just really fun and there's grogu's cute and like my mom yeah. knew grogu before she knew the mandalorian and now she loves the mandalorian and obviously grogu but like so kenobi was one of those things that was like really i feel like could have bridged that gap between the super intense and casual fans because even if you're a casual fan you know who obi-wan kenobi is especially from the prequel era 
right. just for it to fall f- flat on its face because of this notion that like, well, everyone's watching anyway. Well, if everyone's watching anyway, shouldn't you want to make it the best thing you've ever made? Like, I don't understand. And right. it's wasting talent. You're going to spend how many, how much money? I can't even fathom how much money to get <laughs> you and Hayden back. And then you're right. just going to like waste them. And listen, they did, they put their all into what they were given. And I very much appreciate that. But it's just like, ugh. Yeah. yeah. It's the it's the jokerification of like franchises and blockbusters. I'm telling you, these studios saw the Joker came out with a $15 million budget, made over a billion dollars. When a lot of these other, like most of like the comic book movies, big franchise movies are like 200 million dollar budget so joker comes in with a 15 million dollar budget and becomes the most successful rated r movie of all time and then i swear these studios like fucking bob chapek right as soon as bob Iger walks out he's like i see that and i want that you know people are gonna go see obi-wan kenobi so i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a 15 million dollar budget so i just i i i don't know how much the number is for obi-wan kenobi but whatever it was it was just not good like you just like there's there's a lot of discourse or not a lot of discourse at this point but there was like a conversation brought up about like fortress inquisitorious and like when you see it in jedi fallen order there's like these big planets and moons nearby and it, you know it's much more colorful and cinematic and then this is literally all gray forecast and you know it so looks funny? like a lego set <laughs> like right. you know it's so funny. and i love legos but right attention to detail is not as <laughs> yeah all these people keep saying they're like well that's just weather do you not understand weather and i'm like motherfucker you realize (laughs) that that is a fake location they did not film that on location bitch that was literally all cgi like they chose to do that like they chose that like you are trying to tell me that i understand how weather works i'm sorry yeah i don't understand how weather works in fucking adobe lightroom like come on dude like there was so much it looks amazing in Jedi Fallen Order. And they're like, well, you just don't understand weather. And I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. You like gray? Fine. But it just it just didn't look good. But all right. And next on my list is Forces of Destiny. So Forces of Destiny, like I said, I love Forces of Destiny because it has all my favorite characters. And I just think it's so underrated. Like Chelsea said, the art style is fantastic. And I I love I love the series for what it is. Um, Tom mentioned before, like it didn't have to be this big thing. It was really just to sell toys. But the story that they brought in was fantastic, or the stories that they brought in. I was captured by it. Um, I was a big defender of it in the past. So <laughs> um, yeah, I I love it for what it is. So huge appreciation for Forces of Destiny. And that brings me into my next series, which I'm glad that these are up here because, you know, for a second I started to realize that I just sound like I hate animated Star Wars, which could not be further (laughs) from the truth. So my next series is Resistance. Uh, I love Resistance. Like I said, I just love seeing the everyday people. There was lots of lovable characters because I feel like you can relate to them more, very similar to the way that Andor is set up, you know, so I really appreciate resistance for it's so colorful too it's just a feel-good series even though there are things that like you know like kaz's entire planet gets blown up 
Um, <laughs> so I, right. I remember Resistance, like when it was coming out, just being excited for it. I remember I was friends with <laughs> the voice actress for Leia, and then she got like canceled like three weeks before the show came out, and they removed all Leia scenes. <laughs> wait, wait, what did you get canceled for? I forget what it was. Um, was it the Kavanaugh case? And she was making fun of uh, her voice. Who was the woman that was testifying? Oh, against? I can picture her face. Yes, yeah. I can't. It's, but she, yeah. She made a video oh, yeah, mimicking well, her voice. And I was like, I remember being like, oh, they're not going to do shit. So I was impressed that they actually removed. Because it wasn't like a big controversy or anything. It was just like. Because resistance wasn't really like it, it only had yeah. negative press. So I was very. And it surprised. took them how long to get rid of Gina Carano? Yeah, for real. And like this was literally like three weeks before resistance came out that they yeah. removed all Leia scenes. And I remember at first being Did like, they oh, put them back in? No, I, like there's Leia scenes, but she doesn't talk, if you remember. Until like the second half of season one. Until the second half of season one, she doesn't talk. But there was in the trailer, there's um like in that first episode where Leia is like a hologram in the trailer, she talks. She sounds exactly like Leia. It was amazing. But like you could tell that it was taken out because they she didn't say anything. It was like awkward almost if you watch it, like Leia doesn't say anything. They like cut away. I don't. I swear I remember her talking from the start, but I, no. maybe I'll just go rewatch I, I, it. I promise. Was you it the on same? Everything? Okay, okay. I, I believe you, <laughs> but I just remember it. Um, was it the same voice actress who did the the like the brief hologram in Battlefront Two DLC? No, this was somebody uh, else. Her name was Rachel Butera. Um, I don't think she's done. She's just in like a few Netflix shows, but um, yeah. She, I don't, I don't know what she's up to today, but definitely not uh, playing Leia. So, um, I think they replaced her with, I think they just brought in Shelby. What's Shelby Young? I think they just brought her into voice Leia in Resistance because she voices Maybe. Leia everywhere else. Um, so yeah, um, so yeah, love Resistance, and then my next series, my top three or four. Sorry. <laughs> um, next series is Visions. Like I said, love Visions. I think that it captured um, my heart. I love T0B1. I love the Elder. I just love a lot of those characters. I would love to see them implemented into canon somehow. But I also do appreciate the fact that they're not canon. Yeah. Uh, or like those series or those episodes aren't canon. But I don't know. I just like the idea that they could like kind of like a legend situation um they could perhaps bring stuff into canon but i don't know maybe they need to keep it separate but i yeah i i love visions love anime i was really into anime at the time too so it was like perfect like a perfect release um but like i said i just want to see visions or i just want to see star wars anime like a whole series rather than these shorts because yeah, you, you watch these and you're like, I just want more. Like, you want more <laughs> Ninth Jedi, you know what I mean? So it's like, you know, and that was a big, you know, takeaway for a lot of people. It's just like, I want more. So Star Wars, get on it. Um, so now my 100%. actual top three. Uh, third is the Mandalorian. 
again, I really don't have much against the first season, or I have nothing against the first season. In the second season, all I really have against it is just the way that, like, they start to, like, I guess really just the Luke Skywalker stuff. Like, I, it's so hype, and I think it makes total sense. I was just, like, I remember, like, obviously I was so excited. I just really don't, like, I really liked the idea that it was separate. But now I'm liking the idea more, like, I think that, like, the way Ahsoka was incorporated and Bo-Katan, like, the way that it was, like, a lined-up adventure type thing, I really did appreciate that and the way that it felt, like, naturally included. And I guess Luke Skywalker was naturally included. Um, It just really sucks that, like, that like once we get back to season three it's gonna be like season two never happened because the book of boba fett just like undid everything like even resolved things like mando's ship you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. he resolved every issue that or like not issue just everything that was going against mandalorian it's all resolved now (laughs) and i remember really liking the idea like I was like, this show's taking big stakes. You know what I mean? Like, they destroyed his entire ship. They took away the kid. Like, this is huge. Like, it, it was kind of like an Infinity War type moment where, like, holy shit. Like, you know, they, they just brought in a new Spider-Man and now he's dead. Like, it was kind of like that. Like, the stakes were huge. And so, it just sucks that, like, <laughs> season three, the stakes, you, you know, we're just kind of, like, starting over, starting fresh. Um, yeah. But, I love the Mandalorian loved both, especially season two. Like it was the end of 2020. Everybody had been through hell, but just everybody coming together, seeing Ahsoka for the first time in live action, even though got plenty to say about that. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, it's just, I have such fond memories of the Mandalorian. So third place for me, second place. Uh, I'm the opposite of y'all. Andor did beat Rebels for me. So Rebels is in second place. Um I I loved or I love everything about Rebels. Like I literally have nothing negative to say about Rebels. Um love it for the same reasons that you guys love it. You know, it's just it's just that fucking series, you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Love every character. Um the, you know, time that we get to spend with these characters zeb and callus like that whole relationship and seeing everything you know come together that way i i love fucking star wars rebels and i i think about the you know those last four episodes of season four every day like <laughs> this just I, I i love that series and so second place but andor did beat it for me um andor it's just it's just so cool to see that we can get a series like andor where Mm -hmm. like chelsea said the critics choice awards like hopefully more awards you know take this seriously and people have taken it seriously outside of star wars it's just like you know it's just everything's handled with so much love and respect in that series while also bringing so much new and it's just so it's so intriguing to me especially because we know that the showrunner Tony Gilroy and like the head writer he's like not a huge Star Wars fan and so it's it's just like I think I brought this up before that I just feel like when things have a lot 
going against it. Like Solo had so much going against it. So I love Solo and feel like I could give it more leeway, but it doesn't even need that leeway that I'm giving it. You know what I mean? I feel the same way with Andor where it's like this show, you know, we, we see all these other shows like the, how Star Wars books get thrown to the side for these Star Wars series. And then you have like Tony Gilroy, who's like, actually no, because I read this reference book that really isn't, doesn't have to be Canon. Like I could just retcon it, but I'm going to stick to the reference book and explain why the reference book says that he's from Canari or that he's from Fest and not Canari. So it's just like, so it's, it's so nice to know that we could have a series like that. And I look back at that first season of Andor just loved it. Like the conversations I had on like Twitter and such. And I, I love it so, so much. All the characters, (laughs) the Aldani heist, like, favorite star wars movie right there like yeah. fantastic so yeah Andor number one series for me and that is my ranking so yeah forget. it's funny you say like the tornado stuff i saw a video the other day where they were asking the Andor cast their favorite star wars movie and the fact that tony Gilroy didn't say rogue one he said he said the 1977 original it just sent me because i know we always talk about the fact that he's never seen another star wars film i just thought it was so funny because it was like what do you mean you didn't say rogue one <laughs> right. so yeah, yeah that was funny to me yeah but yeah it, that was funny too because i was just like that's probably besides rogue one i would not be surprised yeah, yeah. If that's the only one he's that's- seen. <laughs> <laughs> he had to know he had to connect the end so he's like all right yeah. i need to see this one at least yeah <laughs> what he's talking about because like when he saw it as a kid he because yeah. it was like popular so maybe he saw the original trilogy but i just i just don't see a world where he's like seen the sequel trilogy like i, I don't know yeah. i don't think he's seen mandalorian but i would but. love though if they had tony gilroy on a sequel character project because then they would actually be treated well yeah. i'll tell you people have been saying poe dameron like that would be really cool um Please. i mean i guess like I like the idea of Paul Dameron, but then I'm like, I mean, Tony Gilroy is talented, so he probably wouldn't rehash, but I could see it going down the same road as Andor, where it's like, yeah. they're very similar characters, like, mm. not similar, but they just like have similar roles in the Resistance and the Rebellion. Yeah. Um, I think the only thing that would go against that is like how you said, like, he's pretty faithful to the rest of the lore. Po- I forget this myself, but Poe Dameron has like multiple comic runs. That about before the force awakens so it's kind of a story that's already been done so yeah that is very true um yeah so maybe like i don't know finn or something or ray well i don't know i'd want to yeah. see like a black writer come in and write for finn because he really <laughs> deserves uh, to have good representation there but you know i don't know we shall- i would yeah, that's, I was gonna, I wouldn't say Ray either because he doesn't seem to like. I've not seen him write about like the force and stuff like that, but he doesn't seem that interested in that aspect of it. I was thinking like maybe like Rose or Jana, or uh, even like Zori Bliss. Oh then, yes, yeah. No, give Tony Gilroy a Niku show. That's what I want. <laughs> <Yeah. see. laughs> yeah. I want a deep, in-depth character study from Tony Gilroy about Niku. Period. Honestly, live action resistance sequel by Tony Gilroy. Period. Period. Yeah. Do it. Would love to see it. 
Uh, all right. So my ranking uh, going through is Andor, Rebels, The Mandalorian, Visions, Resistance, Forces of Destiny, Obi-Wan Kenobi, The Clone Wars, Tales of the Jedi, The Bad Batch, and The Book of Boba Fett. So that was our rankings. Um, I, I guess they weren't too far off from each other. Yeah, they're um, pretty close. You know, all of us had Rebels pretty high up. All of us had Andor. Our, our top one and two are pretty much top two, yeah. the same. So, <laughs> yes. All right. Well, before we go, we have our final segment, the cast electric. So, Tom, please see yes. the way. It's been a while, right? Um, yeah. So, there was much debate about whether who we should have mm-hmm. um, this week. So, it's pretty popular in the zeitgeist right now. I've not seen it myself. Uh, but that is the Netflix series Wednesday, starring Jenna Ortega, who is going to be our gay cast electric <laughs> this week. Um, I've been so concentrating on the list that I've not even thought of one. So hopefully y'all have a bit of... Yes, I do. Well, I, I think. Okay. Um, first and foremost, I have watched Wednesday. I really enjoyed it until after the fact I found out it was Tim Burton. I was like, a few things make more sense here. But if you yeah. know the fact that it's Tim Burton and the icks that come with him. I enjoyed the show. Jenna did a really amazing job of doing like her own take on Wednesday without it feeling anyway. Anyway, so applause to her. I think she'd be really cool as Senator Chuchi, like a live action her. Oh. Because I feel like they have this sort similar sort of whatever. And I feel like I've only seen Jenna in Wednesday and in you. So and I know she's done tons of other stuff. Um, I want to see X. I haven't seen it yet. I have seen Pearl. I did it all out of order. But I feel like she can like capture that like the youthful idealism while also being a little bit tough. So yeah, it'd be mm-hmm. fun to see her in a bunch of uh, blue makeup and stuff like that. Why not? <laughs> Fair I mean, enough. Um, I was thinking. I mean, I feel like anytime it's like a young girl, I'm like Vanessa Rowe. <laughs> but, but uh i mean i could i could definitely see that being the case i also think that it would just be cool to see her in a new role as like a, you know because i feel like because they have like boba fett right like a, a young male badass bounty hunter what about like a uh i mean i guess she's like 20 now but she can still play a younger character you know like a, a younger badass female bounty hunter I think that would be cool. Um, but I've also only seen her. I haven't seen Wednesday. <laughs> I think the only thing I've actually seen her in is Stuck in the Middle on Disney Channel. <laughs> and that was when I was staying at my aunt's house. And I she didn't have like a smart TV or anything like that. So whatever was on was just cable. But the last time I watched cable, the only thing I really watched was like Nickelodeon and Disney Channel. <laughs> so I didn't know what to watch on cable. So that's what i watched was disney channel and stuck in the middle was on it's actually a pretty pretty good show um so yeah <laughs> what do you think Tom? what would you cast her as i mean i've only seen her in the new scream film mm-hmm. and i don't think she had a lot of screen time in it like i know she was like in the beginning and near the end um so and it's only one performance, so it's hard to kind of draw something from that. But obviously, I've seen clips of Wednesday, so I think I'm naturally kind of thinking of something like kind of 
quirky and like dark. But um, yeah, I've been thinking like High Republic two. Honestly, like f- between those two things, she's got a lot of range. But it seems to be a lot of horror stuff. Even mm-hmm. though I think she said she doesn't really want to be kind of typecast in that horror genre. Mm-hmm. But you know, I don't really want to say like Night Sister, but like I think she could do like Marin or like Marin vibes kind of character. Maybe yeah, like um, Marin, that'd be cool. Yeah, or maybe even like something weirder, like kind of like a force. Kind of like a force spirit, like the sisters we see in the Yoda arc. Like not that, but like something like yeah. that, like a kind of some ancient force being. Remember, I think that, she could pull off. Yeah, remember that old concept art of Darth Maul, where it's like a kid with like long hair, looks scary as hell. I yeah, yeah. She could, play, she could play that character. Yeah, well, yeah, for sure. Or, like genuinely, I think she could. So great. Hmm. Um. Yeah. All right. I missed the cast electric, so glad to have our yeah. segments back. And yeah, I'm excited to kind of be out of the, you know, I love discussing Andor and I love discussing the series, but it's going to be fun until Bad Batch starts up and Mandalorian to kind of do some episodes that are just regular episodes that we want to do, not because it's particularly relevant, but because that's what we want to do. So Thank you all so much for listening to this wonderful episode of This is the Way Seekers. Before we go, Tom, where could everybody find you at on social media? So, you can find me every it grows every week, got to remember. Yeah. There's Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Hive, Instagram, Letterboxd, at the Gaze Electric. Period. I should write them all down. I really should write them all down. <laughs> <laughs> yes. All that's in the description. And Chelsea, where can everybody find you at on social media? You can find me on Instagram at Jedi underscore Chelsea. Period. You can find me on Instagram at star.wars.editor, Twitter, SW Austin Zero, TikTok, SW Austin, and Hive, Austin, SWE. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at WaySeekersPod. And if you're on an audio platform, make sure to give us a rating. And if you're on YouTube, make sure to like and subscribe and all that great stuff. Enough wasting your time. Thank you all so much for watching. We'll see you next week. May the force be with you always. Bye. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way. This is the way.